0: This website wants me to sign up for text messages to log in, but I heard that's not secure. But then everybody's telling me I should use 2FA, except for that one person who's always telling me it's MFA. Do I need an arts degree? Are you confused? Don't be. Let's help you know a little more about multi-factor authentication. Multi-factor authentication, or MFA, is the idea that if you have to use more than one thing to log into something, it'll be harder for the bad folks to gain access to your login credentials. You may be more familiar with the phrase two-factor authentication. That is one of the most common forms of multi-factor authentication. It just uses two. To successfully prove that you are you, you have to have two things— for two factor authentication. Say something you know like your password and something you have like a special USB key. In fact, the most common two factor authentication is an ATM. You combine something you have, your ATM card, with something you know, your PIN, to get access to something you want, your money. In whatever case, MFA means that if someone has your password or PIN, your login is still protected because they don't have the USB key or your ATM card. They need both. And that's harder to get. Not impossible, but harder. And security is all about making things harder to breach. There are four common factors that can be used in multi-factor authentication. Number one, knowledge. Something you know. That's the most common. Like a password, a pin, or an answer to a security question. What was the name of your first dog? Number two, possession. Something you have. That's a USB key, a smart card an access badge, or an app or text message that delivers one-time passwords. More on that later. Number three, inherence. That's a fancy way of saying something you are, like your face, retina, voice, iris, or fingerprint. Uh, This also includes behavioral analysis, like, say, your pattern of typing, for instance. And number four, probably the least commonly used, location. That would be your GPS coordinates or connection to a specific computer network. Now, MFA systems don't use all four in most instances. Location, as I said, isn't a factor that's useful in all situations, but they use at least two, sometimes three. Multi-factor authentication has come about because passwords are notoriously bad at protecting you. If you make a really long, secure password, it may be hard to guess, but it's also hard to remember and hard to type in. That's why password managers are often recommended. Yes, they create a single point of failure, but that's still more secure than using easily memorable and therefore easily guessable passwords, or worse, using the same password everywhere so that if it's leaked in one place, all your accounts are compromised. Multi-factor authentication eliminates that part of the problem. Now, you may reasonably ask, so I don't know why use passwords at all. Let's just use the USB key. Well, one answer is not everything's accessible to USB key. A more common second factor is a time-generated code, that one-time password that I mentioned earlier. Google Authenticator, Authy, Microsoft, Other apps or even battery-powered keychain dongles can provide a code that changes every 30 seconds or so on a replicable mathematical principle that's easy to sync up between what you're trying to log into and your code generator, but really hard for an attacker from outside to guess. This isn't exactly something you know, because even you can't predict it easily, although you technically temporarily know it. Uh, You have to have the app or the dongle, though, to get the code, so it really counts as a separate factor from your regular unchanging password. It's something you have. Okay, but again, let's just use the code generator. To be honest, you could. If everybody used those authenticator apps and they were cheap to implement on every site, you might see every site doing that. In fact, some sites do a version of this by emailing you a link to log in using your email address as a single factor. But those are still not as secure as a second factor or even a third factor. If someone gets access to your phone with the Authy app on it, for example, and that was all you were using to log in, they could then log into all your accounts. So having a second factor, even just a pin, makes it harder to get in because you have to breach two things. If you're using multiple factors, like three things, makes it even harder. And think about this. Having two factors, neither of which are a password, could be even more secure. Say, a fingerprint and an authy code. And if you want to be really secure, you yeah, have more than two. It's understandable that you might be letting your mind drift toward wondering why everybody just doesn't use the most secure system possible. But I ask you, what system is that? Is it three factors? Why not four? Four is more secure than three. How about seven factors? At a certain point, you lose compliance because people don't want to go through the trouble of using a dozen factors to log into something, even really sensitive stuff. Not to mention we don't have seven distinct factors. And when you're talking about a Twitter account, it's hard enough to get people to use two factors. So let's start there. You not only need multiple factors to be secure, but they need to be fairly easy for the user to use, or the user will just end up finding a way to be insecure, or they might just stop using your product. That's why text messages are often used as a second factor. A one-time text message code and a password is about the least secure MFA out there, but it is more secure than just one factor. The reason it's the least secure is because the delivery of text messages is not robustly secured. We don't have time to go into all the ways someone could get hold of your phone number and redirect text messages to themselves, sometimes without you even knowing, sometimes by tricking you into giving them the SMS code in a phishing attack, but there are a lot of them. It takes some effort, so it doesn't happen on a mass scale, but it can be done, and it is done. Most people have text messaging, and it's easy, so it has become the most widespread MFA. Also, don't forget... We are fallible humans, so we need backup systems. If you lose things like your USB key, you don't want to lose access to your account, so systems provide backups. And one fairly secure backup is a printout. You might have run into this where that says print out these pre-approved codes. If you lose your USB key, you can use these as your second factor. It's something you have. Put it in a safe place. Don't lose it. But you might misplace those too. You know, forget where you put them. That's why most often companies, even if they're providing, say, a USB key as a multiple factor, they let you use text messaging as a backup. If you lose your USB key, you can use text messaging as a backup, still get into your account. But remember, you're only as secure as the weakest method in your security. So if you're using a hardware key for a second factor, but also have text messaging turned on on that account as a backup method, you might as well not use the hardware key. The attackers. If they go after you, we'll go after the text messaging factor. The other reason we don't see MFA more often or see less secure versions like text messaging is cost. While hardware-based keys are very secure, they're proprietary and you have to pay to use them on your system, sometimes annually. There are also support costs associated with handling cases where people lose their access because they lost a factor or are just confused how to make that authenticator app work. I know how text messaging works, but this off-a thing, I don't get it. That raises your cost. But there is hope, as we talked about in our episode on FIDO. MFA can be collapsed into ways that are easy and secure. Face ID on a phone, for instance, is technically two factors. Something you have, the phone, and something you are, the face. So you can kind of see where we could create easy multiple-factor authentication. There's also something called adaptive authentication. That uses some machine learning to estimate how likely a login attempt is to be valid. So it looks at location, time, the device, the network, among other data, to estimate the risk and adapt the security accordingly. The idea is that if you always log in at the same time on the same network from the same computer at the same location, your login will speed along because that's not unusual. It's pretty likely to be you. But if your account is being accessed from a different country than you are usually in on a device the system has never seen from an IP address it doesn't recognize in the middle of the night, a security barrier goes way up. You can start to see how MFA can someday be used to make it very easy to log in securely to your accounts, and hopefully someday every site will use it. Until then, turn on MFA on every account you can, and use just the most secure version you can. This won't protect you from every possible threat, but at least you'll know you're a little more secure than you were before. In other words, I hope you know a little more about MFA.